Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you for being here with me today. And it is an overcast day in New York and there is yard work going on next door. So, you know, there's always something. There's always something. And I'm sitting here staring at Elizabeth Cady Stanton back in my mom's library once again. And I'm here for another few days. So I've taken it upon myself to do all kinds of little projects, you know, like, oh my God, this drawer, you can't even open it. I got to clean it out. Or uh, the trash bin is falling apart. I'm going to rebuild it. So that is my trajectory these days. And yesterday I had a wonderful date with my friend Patty from my trip to Paris, my Parsons in Paris program. And we went to the MoMA and we had a lovely lunch and I read her tarot cards in the garden at the MoMA. It was quite a beautiful day, very unique and interesting. And so we had that shared experience and then we walked around the wonderful permanent collection on the fifth floor of the MoMA. And we also saw a wonderful Matisse show about his red studio painting that was really cool. And it was just great to walk around a museum. I don't do that enough. I'm looking forward to doing that on my travels. And I think that will be a big satisfying piece to just be an intellectual again. <laughs> I've let Shakespeare go. And so, I mean, not really. I love Shakespeare and I always will have it in my life. But I mean, I don't do it on a daily basis in terms of rehearsals. So I miss that intellectual stimulation. So, you know, got to replace it with different things. But in any case, I didn't drive the van into the city because parking that in Midtown would be a nightmare. So I drove my mom's truck and my mom's truck is an interesting vehicle. First of all, it's way too big for her. And we tried to convince her to get a Prius or some cool little, you know, sexy fun car. And she just went ahead and got herself another truck without bothering to have anybody's help on deciding on it. Whatever. Okay. So she has this huge red Toyota truck and she plasters the back of all of her trucks with tons of bumper stickers so that she can share her opinions with the world. And so very often when you're driving this truck, especially on things like the George Washington Bridge, you'll have people racing up alongside of you, honking their horns, shaking their fists and screaming obscenities at you. And it's like, yeah, okay, thanks, have a nice day, you too, okay, bye. So I was fully prepared for that. And I didn't get any of those incidents on the George Washington Bridge, and I was thankful for that. But then I went to the grocery store afterwards, and as I'm getting into the truck, somebody came over and started to say, your bumper stickers, and I was like, oh, God, oh, please. It's, I'm like, it's my mom's car. Um, 
And he was like, no, no, I'm fully in support of everything that it says back there. And I was like, oh, phew, <laughs> that's unusual to hear that. Thank you so much. Because there are things like, you know, I believe Christine Blasey Ford and uh, Make America Greater. And what else? There's things about ban semi-automatic weapons and all of that kind of stuff. Very, very lefty political stuff. And so I was like, oh, okay, thank you, thank you. Have a nice day. And then there was another guy who walked up and was squinting and reading all the things. And I was like, oh no, oh, oh no. <laughs> but he also was like, yay, that's so fantastic. Thank you so much for broadcasting all of that. And I was like, yeah, no problem. It's my mom's. And he, and he went into a long, lengthy discussion about how we had to fix the world. And I was just trying to get home and make some dinner. And it was funny. At the end, he yelled out as I was driving away, Gardez la foi! And I was like, Gardez la foi? Save the liver? What was he trying to say? Not entirely sure. Something like, keep the flame or... Keep the faith. I don't know what he was trying to say, but it was fun. At least it was a positive experience and not the usual berating that you get when, when I drive my mom's car around. So that was a fun day. And then I had dinner with my daughter and with Aiden. And that was great. It was great. So here I am back in uh, 1994. We're going to go to the spring of 1994. Dakota's about to turn two. And we were just busting out of our little house. You know, there was so much baby stuff and furniture and then things in storage and so much laundry to do, carrying up and down these very tiny, narrow stairs into a basement where you had to bend over to, um, you know, put things. You couldn't stand upright, not even me, or you'd bump your head on something. And so it was, it was really feeling cramped. There was no place to have an office at the house or anything like that. So I wanted to be getting back to work. Yeah, I'm going to talk about that actually in the next episode, my my next foray into a job. But it, there was just nowhere to be a grown-up with a profession in that house. You know, it was all about kids and kids stuff. And yeah, it was me messy and it just always felt messy. So we were busting out of it and we needed some more room. And at first we were going to take a bit of a longer view. My mom said she had this property in the woods and she said we could carve out a piece of it and that she would give us that and maybe half an acre or an acre. She had an 11 acre piece in the woods, which is quite a luxurious thing <laughs> to own. And Dave was really excited about that prospect because Dave had a background in architecture. Before he had met me at the School of Art and Design and Photography, he had gotten a bachelor's degree in architecture. And he had started at a firm in Charlotte at an architecture firm. And, you know, he, he just like, it was difficult because it was on the ground floor doing nothing fun but he loved architecture. So he was thinking, wow, maybe he could design a house and perhaps have a New York architect sign off on it or join him in that as a cohort. So he was excited about that prospect. But I was looking at that prospect as like, oh my God, that is going to be a very long-term project. And maybe the kids will be five and eight by the time we actually get into that house. 
So I was happy for him that that was an interesting solution, but I was keeping my ears open and my options open in terms of maybe there's something else. And Milbury heard one day, because Milbury was very in touch with the neighborhood news and particularly from a historical point of view, and she heard that there was an old woman who lived on Kloster Road who had died in her home and that the home was a beautiful old house. And she said, we got to go over and see it. So I was like, okay. And we went over and we stood outside on the road, kind of staring at the house and trying to get an idea of it. And it was this beautiful old colonial on what looked to be about a quarter of an acre. So this big, luxurious property and this wonderful old house, classic colonial with a center hallway and a big front porch and two different sides of the house and what looked to be lots of bedrooms upstairs and an attic. So we were kind of being stalkers there and walking back and forth on the road and trying to imagine the possibilities of this house. And then someone came out on the porch and we called out, oh, uh, hello, hello, uh, are you the owners or, you know, uh, and it turned out to be the sister of the woman who had died, who was trying to start clearing out some stuff. And we asked if we could see inside. Yes, we were very tacky and desperate and obnoxious. And she was like, well, it's going to be listed with a realtor. And we were like, oh, we just were curious. We just wanted to take a peek. And I think she let us into the front hall and just let us peek around. And the woman's bed was in the ground floor room off of the kitchen. And it was clear that she had really spent the end of her life on the ground floor and not really gone upstairs. We didn't go upstairs, but there was a center big wide staircase that went up the center of the house and then there was a kitchen and a dining room and and living room on one side and then sort of a den on the other side and we were very excited to look around but the sister shooed us out after a minute or two and that was entirely proper and within her right but we were very keen on you know we have to see it again we have to see more the gardens were kind of unkempt and overgrown the paint was shabby but I could see, I really like to look at old houses and imagine a new face on them, you know, just a little update and how they would look if they were brought back to their former glory. So I had a good eye for that. But we brought Dave over there just to peek at the house. And he took one look and he's like, we are absolutely not buying this house. And I was like, no, no, you gotta, you got, but it was a hard no at first. So finally, we got to see inside and I convinced Dave that we should go with the realtor and actually look at the house. And we walked in and everything had that fantastic old oak trim. There were big archways from one room into the other. So it really had that period feel to it. Beautiful details. The kitchen obviously hadn't been redone since maybe the 40s. There was old shabby linoleum, yellow linoleum on the floor and various linoleum countertops and little strange shelving units and things like that that were very, very dated. But there was this huge wood stove that was made for cooking on one side and it was incredible, an old iron stove. I was thinking, we have to keep that. Even if we change the kitchen, it would be amazing just to have it there. I don't know if it even works. And it turned out it really didn't. But there was also, off of the kitchen, 
there was a huge butler's pantry right at the back of the central hall. It was enormous with beautiful glassed-in shelves and, oh, it was enchanting. And I was thinking, wow, yes, for a family to keep their food here would be amazing. There were formal spaces on one side where there was a big dining room off the kitchen that led into a living room. And on the other side, there was a den. And then upstairs, there were four bedrooms. And one of them could easily be an office or something. And then a guest room too. And each kid could have their own room. I was enchanted. It was just beautiful. And then we went up the stairs into a huge attic space that went across the whole house. And there was this enormous open holding tank that it turned out was for collecting rainwater so that water could come down into the house with gravity. That was a really weird old feature of the house. That was very strange. And then in the basement, there was a pile of coal that was fed in through a chute from outside. So they burned coal in the stoves, certainly in the, uh, in the stove in the kitchen. So that was fascinating. And there were outbuildings. There was one outbuilding that was called a smokehouse that was actually from the late 1600s. So it was one of the oldest buildings in all of Palisades. And I was just mesmerized hearing detail after detail. It was fantastic. And there was a little garage at the back of the property. This house had incredible history and I wanted to be part of that. And then we heard this wonderful story about how there had been another house on the very same foundation that had been built in the 1700s, but it had burned down on July 4th of 1903 or something like that when a hot air balloon landed on the roof by accident and burned the whole house down. So they just reconstructed the same house on the same foundation. That was an amazing story. It was almost like GARP, where the house had been pre-disastered, you know, in the world according to GARP, where the plane lands in their house. And he's like, this is perfect, honey. We already had the worst thing happen before we even buy it. Let's buy it. <laughs> so I thought, yeah, that's what we should do too. We learned that the house was called Bird Haven and that the woman who had lived in it had been the school nurse at the Palisade School for over 50 years. And it was just enchanting. There were little bird feeders all over the garden. So bird haven was something that I felt was just perfect for our little family. And the house was also part of a series of homes that had belonged to a family. So there was a sister house just down the road that was almost the same design. And it was just wonderful. And I realized that we also, in our little house around the corner, were in a similar situation because our house had been part of a family series of homes, and we were in the smallest one that had belonged to the grandfather. And he had built the rest of the homes, two more down the street for his family. So we were already in that kind of history, and I just felt in my bones that this was the right thing for us. Dave was very reticent, but I talked about the beautiful renovation that we could do in the kitchen with granite countertops and all of that stuff. And I finally convinced him. And we made an offer on that house and we got it.
And that began a whole new adventure of living on Cloister Road and making a bunch of new friends and having a beautiful, beautiful home. So I'll tell you more about that next time. And I hope you'll join me then. Thanks so much for being here. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.